I recognize that one of the favorite and most important documents uh, to a Jewish individual is what they commonly call the Shema, S-H-E-M-A. It goes into the mezuzahs that are on the wall. It goes, uh, it is written, it's supposed to be, it goes into the box that the Teflon that they put on their head and they bind on their wrist. And it is that Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter and verses, of course, uh, four and five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the most important verse, as I said. It goes, it's on the doorpost of their house. It's on with their head on Saturday, on Friday evening when they go to pray. Uh, you'll see them. They have it on their forehead. They have it on their wrist. And they are, in fact, that's, they believe that. That is, that is their one shining uh, <clears throat> scripture. Of course, Jesus answered this. Matthew, Mark, you can read it. Where, when the, he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? What did he say? The Lord is one, thou shalt love him. He quoted this, basically. And then he said, goes on to say, the next is like unto this, and thou shalt do what? He took it one step further. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so we realize that Jesus recognized. Of course, that's not, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 is not the only place this one God is stated in the Old Testament or in the Jewish Bible, if you want to call it the Torah uh, or uh, the first five books or regardless of where you want to look at it, uh, the Old Testament is full and I just kind of thumb through and, and there, there are hundreds more, but basically where the uh, Lord was giving the Ten Commandments in Exodus, he says, have no other gods before me. Later on, he said, don't bow down. You're going to come into a land and you're going to be with other nations and they're going to have different languages and different customs, but do not bow before their gods nor worship them or follow their practices. Joshua told the children of Israel as, as they had crossed the Jordan River and they were they were fighting in Canaan's and they Canaan land and he's getting ready to say choose you this day and he says whatever you do don't invoke the names of their gods or swear by them you must not serve them or bow down to them and Isaiah the prophet said is there any god beside me no there is no other rock I know not one Isaiah 45 I am the Lord and there is none other. <clears throat> Very specific. And of course, when you look and you go all the way back to Genesis, though, this is where folks <clears throat> begin to question, well, who was the us? Who was the us? And God said, Genesis, the first chapter and the 26th verse, and God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion being man over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, cattle, earth, every creeping things. And so they say, well, immediately that verse proves that God was involved with the Trinity. He was talking to someone. And, and not really. It is a royal uh, pronoun, a majestic plural. It is used numerous times throughout the Old Testament when God speaks about himself. And or it was even used when uh, people talked about their master or their, the king. One time it's referred to even with King David that he is referred to in the plural. And so it was not uncommon to use that because when you read that verse, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. But the 27th verse, and it's important to read the next verse, says, so God, singular, created man in his singular, own singular image in the image of God, singular, created he, them.
them. Male and female created he them. And so, you know, if there were three there, and God said, let us make man in our image, and if he were speaking to the Son in the future, why did God make him in his own image? Because we would know God is a spirit. So then, he, what, well, then what image did he make him in? Why didn't God say? So he made him in the image of his son. He didn't say that. He created him in his image and in his likeness. And yet, and still, chapter 3, whenever the Lord is getting ready to punish Adam and Eve for their uh, eating of the fruit, specifically Adam, because he had given him the commandment. The Bible says, and the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, etc., etc. I've got to cast him basically out lest he eat of the tree uh, of uh, you know, life and live forever. So when you look at that, it was not uncommon. And, and I know sometimes folks say, well, that's the evidence that there were three back then. Unfortunately, the Jews don't believe that's evidence. They believe that was written as the majestic plural or the majestic pronoun that was using us. And Zechariah, I, I told you others, so, uh, in the uh, Old Testament and the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day there shall be how many? one Lord and his name one so repeatedly we realize that there is one and yet I know that when you get into the New Testament and you see the baptism and there was a voice and we'll talk about that later and the dove and immediately people uh, misunderstand that as being that there were three or there were two, the dove being the Holy Ghost and the uh, symbolic of the presence of God and this church when I came here and if you raise that screen there's a big dove, how many remember seeing it? It's still there. Uh, we just don't hardly ever raise the screen anymore because we use the screen all the time. But, you know, the dove is like a symbol of the Holy Ghost. And then, you know, the voice would have been God. And here was Jesus getting baptized. And I've had people try to explain all of that to me. And yet, <coughs> Jesus himself, when he was praying in the garden, he said these words and spake Jesus, lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son. Everybody say glorify. glorify. That thy son also may glorify thee. And his prayer goes on. You can read the whole prayer. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now, immediately you go, okay, well, did Jesus make himself God? He, he didn't. He said that they might know you and Jesus Christ. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Oh, Father, glorify me with thine own self, that with the glory which I had with thee. So, Jesus was saying, I was with you before the world was. Now, wow. So, then was he born by Mary? Was he the flesh? Did he pre-exist? And that's where it then gets confusing because if Jesus said, I was with thee before the world, and then he goes on and says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which you gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. For I have given unto them the words, notice the use of word, 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 which thou gavest me, 
And they have received them and have surely known that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didn't send me. And you say, well, how could Jesus say that he was there from the beginning? And how could it be an understanding that Jesus was later born? And then in another place, I can read it to you, where Jesus said, hey, before Abraham was, I am. And yet, the way John chose to explain it, John was the one that wrote this, and I think it's worthy of us to, to use as our own template. John said it like this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and yet the Word was also, was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, him being the word, and without him, the word, was not anything made that was work made. And so immediately you could say, well, how did, the, what happened on the day of creation? And whenever the Lord, what did he do? He rubbed together his hands and threw out stars. What did he do? He spoke. And so Jesus was not out of the Bible by saying the Word was with God and the Word was God. In fact, the, the Jews believed that the Lord spoke ten times in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, and ten creative words and they believe later that he spoke 10 words called the Decalogue or the law on Mount Sinai when he told the children I'm going to give you the law that again 10 words 10 10 words now here so John puts it down as the word and so when you read in Acts the second chapter and of course famous because Simon Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost here's what he says ye men of Israel hear these words Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God he calls him a man approved of God among you by miracles wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourself also know this Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all we are witnesses. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So if we believe what John said, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, you could say that the Word is God. So you could reread that sentence and say, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by the Word of God, among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which the Word of God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself know. This Jesus hath the Word of God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that the Word of God hath made this same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Not as a separate being, but it was from the Word. Paul wrote in Corinthians concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to idols. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. And here's what he says. There is none other God but Paul said that. For there be many that are called gods, whether in heaven or earth, and there be as gods many, and lords many, but there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things. Notice that phrase. Of whom are all things. And we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we by him of whom 
Now, again, if you put the word of God in there, the word for God, you would say, but to us there is but one word of God, the Father, of whom are all things. We in him, one Lord Jesus, by whom are all things, and we by him. To Timothy, said the same thing. He says, let me say, there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So immediately we, we say, okay, there's two who gave himself by a ransom to all to be testified in due time. Unfortunately, there are those that believe in one God, there are those that believe in two gods, and there are those that believe that there are three co-equal, co-existent, co-eternal. We take the position that all three are one. And you say, well, why would Paul write there's one God and one mediator? Because he's referring to, and he puts in that verse, he's saying, he says, who is it? The man, Christ Jesus. There is one God, one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus, who <coughs> gave himself a ransom for all. So it's, it's the way that they have of explaining, here was a man that was born, not necessarily born at on December the 25th, but he was born and put in a manger. And I, I have heard, I have heard people say, well, how can you believe that your God wore diapers? How can you believe that your God was just a baby born somewhere, a little helpless baby? First of all, he wasn't helpless. Amen. God made sure he sent him to Egypt. He took care right. of Joseph and Mary. Alright? But, it's because when you think of it, not all of God was in to the extent of, was God still somewhere else in the universe? Yes! But just like I'm in my shoe, I'm not out of my shoe, but I'm in my shoe. Is all of me in my shoe? And yet, you could say, the pastor is in his shoes. Not all of me is in my shoes, but God was in Christ. Now, we know that he allowed after the crucifixion that in fact Jesus was exalted and given a name and we'll talk about that. But the point is that yes, God was born, was in a manger. Yet you say, well, is that Jesus? Was that? No, but he was the one that eventually died. When he was in a manger, uh, he was not yet to the point where he had the glory, the entire glory of the Lord resting on him. The glory of the Lord came when he came up out of the grave. You see? And so when you look here in, in Thessalonians, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to, I, to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So, so the big question is, okay, when we get to heaven, how many thrones are going to be there? One throne, two thrones, three thrones. And who's going to be sitting on them? Or sitting on it? Is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost? Or who's going to be there? And so you can begin to look in Revelation and it says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me, singular, in my throne. Even as I have overcome and sat down with my Father in His throne. Jesus said these words. So I guess Jesus will be there 
Because Jesus went and sat with his father on his throne. And now we're going to sit with Jesus on his throne. The fourth chapter when John says, Immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a singular throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And you keep reading through the second verse, through the eighth verse, and it says, The throne, the throne, the throne. And there are seraphims around there crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So it must be because that's very similar to what Isaiah saw when he saw a vision. So it must be God the Father. The Old Testament God sitting there. Keep reading in Revelation 5th chapter. He looked in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. So now we see the lamb is on the throne. And they say, thou art worthy to take the book. And he goes to, to open the seas. For thou wast slain and redeemed us to God by thy blood. When you realize that God had to robe himself in flesh in order to redeem us to, unto him. It was not that he said, how, how cruel would it be if I said, I am so I am so holy and I am so unapproachable and I am so, I am so powerful. Brother Larry, you need to go die so all of those folks out there can come talk to me. What? I'm going to make you go die? Because I'm so holy? I'm sorry, that doesn't sound very nice. Right? So when you recognize God robed himself in flesh, why? So that he could go through all the temptations, so that he could be what it was to be human, to be the last Adam, so that we would have access into the presence of Almighty God. When we are buried in his name, when we receive his spirit, we are now all of a sudden the middle wall of the partition is torn down and we are able to access the spirit of God. The Jews were not able. They were separated by the Holy of Holies and by the large veil and so forth. But here, here's what he says. And what are they going to be singing? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Now, so if it's the Lamb that was slain, that's who's going to be on the throne to receive power and so forth. Blessed unto him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. So it sounds like Okay, there might be two. So Revelation the 7th chapter. After this I looked and behold a number which no man could number of all people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb. The way John is writing this is there is one. The Lamb and the those that, that man, the, the one that's sitting on the throne is all the same. And they're clothed in white robes and palms in their hands, crying with a loud voice, salvation to our God, which sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. There's no even mention of the Holy Ghost. So we can, all, we can throw the Holy Ghost away. Maybe there's two. Now you remember who wrote the book of Revelation? John. Remember? And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb. He puts them together. Shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now, if they were separate, he, John should have said, and God's servants will serve God, and the Lamb's servants will serve the... Right? But he didn't say that. He said that they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. That's in this last chapter. And when he gets to the end, he, he says to all, I'm writing this to all the churches. And you know what his final phrase is to them? Worship God. Singular. One. 
If John believed in more than one, he should have said worship God, the Father, God, the Son. And get the Holy Ghost. Because he can't really be a God. Because he hadn't seen him at all. So, what John saw, and you can read through the book of Revelation, was one throne for God and the Lamb. Not two thrones. And his servants, not their servants, will serve him, not them. He didn't make it plural. And see his face, not their faces. And then he admonished them to worship God, not God's. So when you read those, that last verse, it says that, you know, he says, and they shall see his face and they shall serve him, not them, and they shall be his servants. And so when you go through that and you realize John did not see more than one, it was all one. And yet I realize in having talked to Jewish believers that, are, that know their Old Testament and their Torah, they immediately bring up, well, what are you going to do about Numbers 23, 19? Because the Bible says God is not a man. And you worship Jesus. And your God was in diapers. You haven't lived till you have that thrown in your face. <laughs> God is not a man. But you know who said that? First of all, he was a paid prophet. We're not even sure he was Jewish. Balaam, remember? He's a guy talking to a donkey. But the way he said it, if you put it in context, read that whole 19th verse. That he should lie, neither the son of man, that he should repent. He hath said, and shall he not do it? And he hath spoken, and shall he not make it good? He was not saying that God could not show up as a man. Because the Jews believe that God showed up as a man. Hang on, we'll get there. You remember what John said? All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Paul said in Corinthians, there is one God the Father of whom all things are, and we in Him. I read these verses to you earlier. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things are all things, and we by Him. And you say, well, how is it that Jesus could be the God that created everything? How could Jesus who was not yet born, be there. You say, well, there he was in the mind of God. Okay. Then he wasn't there at creation. So when he said, I was there before the world was, he wasn't telling the truth. Jesus didn't say, I was there in the mind of God. He said, I was there. Well, Hebrews, the first chapter, says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Through his Son he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholds all things by the word of his power. Now this is not just a New Testament concept. David said in Psalms 3, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalms 170 said he said his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. 
Isaiah says it like this, as the rain comes down and returns and waters the earth and does all things, so is my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereof too I have sent it. Psalms 56, David said, I will praise his word. In God, I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do that unto me. Psalms 138, powerful verse when he says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise. I will praise your name for your loving kindness and truth. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. That's why would you say if you could put the Word of God in as you're reading a verse and you read God or the Lord, you could put the Word of God, the Word of the Lord. That's how powerful the Word is. John understood this. When he said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and then he gets down to verse 14 and he says, And the Word took on flesh and dwelt. Everybody say dwelt. Dwelt. dwelt tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The 18th verse he says, No man has seen God at any time. Only the only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now what John was saying is when he says, the Word dwelt among us. Basically he was saying, the Word of God tabernacled, tented, whatever word you want to put, among us. Now this is why I said the Jews totally believe that God was in the tabernacle. He cloud, pillar of fire, he was in the holy of holies. They believe that God was in the temple. But do they believe that all of God was in the tabernacle? Or all of God was in the temple? Just like we would say, we don't believe that all of God was in the man Christ Jesus. But the word tabernacled in Jesus. The word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. And, and I can prove to you through the word of the Lord the Old Testament where in Exodus the Lord spoke and he said let them make me a sanctuary before he gives out the how to build the tabernacle and he uses this phrase that I may tabernacle among them same dwell this is the Hebrew version of what John used in the Greek but it's the same word. He said that I may dwell. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And God said, I want to dwell among them. Solomon, when he was praying, he said, the Lord said that he would dwell in thick darkness. But I built a house of habitation for you. A place for their dwelling forever. But will God in very deed dwell with men on earth? Behold, the heaven and heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house which I have built. Solomon realized all of God's not going to fit in here. There's no way I can get all of God in here. But when they made the tabernacle and when they made the temple and they offered sacrifices and they begin to say, Lord, we have built this 
for you to have a place to dwell. You remember what happened? Both on the tabernacle and in the temple. All of a sudden the glory of the Lord came down and inhabited those places. Because they had dedicated them to the Lord. I'll read it to you. Exodus 40. The cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of the congregation because the cloud was thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In Chronicles it says Solomon made an end of praying. Fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house and the people could not enter the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the house. What are you saying? I'm here to tell you that in the midst of all of this, when we offer ourselves as a temple, as a place for God to dwell, and we say, Lord, I'm going to dedicate and open myself up for you to have that one God to tabernacle with me. I'm telling you, Paul said it like this, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Does that mean that I'm a God? No, but I have God in me. Does that mean that I no, but I have asked for God to tabernacle with me. And you say, well, yes, but they, the, Balaam says, God is not a man. When I was asked that one time, I just said, explain to me what happened in Genesis, the 18th chapter. And unfortunately, the guy came up with Abraham met three angels one of them was named Metronon and Gabriel and Michael and he gave me this whole story and I said so who is Metronon I've never even heard that one and he said well he's another one of those archangels you know like Lucifer and was metronon. I said, well that's, you don't even have Bible for that. I said, let me tell you what my Bible reads and if you read it to me in the Jewish translation, you, you tell me what's, what's going on. Because Exodus 17th chapter, you know, Abraham is circumcised. And the 18th chapter, the Bible says, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. I said, what does your Bible say? And he said, well, yes, it says Adonai, it says that, Elohim. And I said, but he said, the angel came in the name of, I said, well, it doesn't say in the name of. It says, the Lord appeared. And you remember the story? Moses is in the temple, I mean in his tent, he looks up, it's hot, and what does the Bible say? Three men came walking up. Three guys. And he lifts up his eyes and, and he sees them and he jumps up from the tent door and ran toward them and bowed to the ground. Which was a whole painful proposition anyway after what just happened in Genesis 17. And what does he say? My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water be fetched to wash your feet and rest. I will fetch you a morsel. You remember the story? 
And he goes out and he gets the fatted calf. And he makes, they make bread and comfort your hearts. And after that, you may pass on for therefore are you come to your servant. And they, three guys, say, do as thou hast said. Now the question is, was it three angels? Or was one of them the Lord? If one of them was the Lord, then God showed up as what we would call a theophany. Just like he showed up as a burning bush. He showed up as a man. With two angels. All three spoke, all three ate, all three drank, all three sat and rested. But one of them he kept referring to as the Lord. And yet was God still in heaven? Keep reading. You can read this. Ninth through the 15th verses. And it goes through it again. And the Lord said unto Abraham. Remember he had said. About this time. Sarah's going to give birth. Now the Lord said that. And Sarah thought that was hilarious because she was so old. And the Lord said, why did Sarah laugh? And, you know, she came up with this, oh, you know, I was just, I was tickled. You, you, gotta, you know, I was just, just looking outside and camels fell and it was just like a, you know, it was, I was on YouTube and I saw this America's Funniest Videos and I didn't laugh. I wasn't laughing at what you said. I, it wasn't anything like that. Have you ever been in that place where you're trying to explain why you're laughing because, and it makes it funnier, you know, when you know, oh, I shouldn't laugh, and you get tickled, and then the more you laugh. If you want to know a good story like that, our sister Gayla, she got tickled at once at a funeral. They were singing behind a petition, and the more she laughed, the more people thought she was getting blessed, she and her sisters. Anyway, just ask her sometime. Get in that funny place. But, she goes, I didn't laugh. And then this angel, or this God, or the Lord, or whatever you want to call him, said, is anything too hard for Then in the 16th verse, the three men get up and they looked like they were going to Sodom and Abraham ran along beside them to talk to them, bring them on the way. And you remember what happened? Basically the Lord said, I'm going, we're going to wipe out Sodom. Abraham said to one of them because the Lord said shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do and the men turned their faces toward Sodom but Abraham stood yet before I said I, I don't get how you get an angel out of that and he says to this now for those of you who know the story, how many angels ended up in Sodom? Why? Because one guy was engaging with Abraham going through the number system. The Lord says, and you remember how Abraham addressed him? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He knew who he was talking to. He said, I know who you are. I'm your servant. You're the Lord. Shall not the God, the judge of all the earth do right? Lord, if there are but 50... And 
And the Bible records it as the Lord said, okay, let's go with 50. And then, anybody remember what Abraham said? You know, that might be a high number. Let's bring that down a little bit. How about 45? And the Lord said, okay, deal. Final offer, 45. And then it was, on second thought, Lord, what if they're 40? And we got down to how many? 10. If I could just find 10. And the Lord says, okay, 10. Ultimately, how many escaped out of Sodom? Four, and one of them got lost. And yet, he constantly referred to them as the Lord. Don't be angry. Oh, let not the Lord be angry. Peradventure, ten shall be found. And the Lord went his way. As soon as he had left communing with Abraham and Abraham returned unto his place. The Lord didn't go to Sodom, but the angels that were with him went. Now you say, well, how do you get that that was the Lord? John 20th chapter, you remember after Jesus was crucified, he was resurrected from the dead and Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb and she thinks it's the gardener and she asks where you put him. And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene told the disciples what they she had seen the Lord. In that same chapter, when she gets through telling them, I've seen the Lord, Thomas said, you're hysterical. And you might have seen something, but you didn't see Jesus. In fact, until I can put my hand in his side or in his hands and I can see the way you, you, everybody remember that and about that time here he appears and when Thomas realizes who it is Thomas the first one that Jesus had said I'm going to my father and your father my God and your God Thomas recognizes my Lord and my God. That now you have crossed over. You were just a man. You had the spirit of the Lord. You were supernatural birth. You had all of that. You went through the temptations like a man. You did all of that. But now having defeated the devil, having conquered death, hell, and the grave, you are now my Lord and my God. So when you say, oh, well, your God was wearing diapers. No, my God was still in heaven. He was inhabiting that baby. But it was when he came from the resurrection that he came, became my Lord and my God. All of a sudden, he fulfilled the place. He got a name above which there is is no other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. That's why Paul wrote to the Philippians. It is my last verses and I know my time. But when I read these, it's, it's so exciting to me where he said, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found and fashioned as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore the word of God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the word of God to the Father I'm here to tell you when we get to heaven there's one going to be sitting on it and it's Jesus who is the embodiment of the word of God the word made flesh and dwelt among us you say oh I, I don't quite get it I don't see how two I don't see how one uh, then you need to pray say Lord give me a revelation I want to know who you are I want to realize who you are the word made flesh what a privilege that when I pray in Jesus name when I go down in the water of Jesus name I am saying the word of God I'm taking on the word of God that tabernacled with him can tabernacle with me say well are you God of course not not even close but I can have the spirit of God in me that same spirit that dwelt in God in Jesus can dwell in me what a privilege that's why Jesus said that they may be one like we are one I want to be one with him don't you Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. I, I, I'll be glad to... These are not all the one God verses. These are just some that I was reading and to thinking about how, how privileged and powerful. And I know some people say, well, you know, God was never a man. Well, he showed up as a man in the Old Testament. He wasn't born. He didn't live. He didn't die. But he showed up to Abraham as a man. We shall see who? The king. We shall see the king when he comes. Oh, let's sing it. If you want to come and worship, come ahead. Hallelujah. Brother Larry, sing it. Hallelujah. Oh, we shall see the king. Yes.